I'd like to start just by giving you a definition from Wikipedia of what graphic design is. Mm -hmm. Okay. According to Wikipedia, graphic design is the methodology of visual communication and problem solving through the use of type, space, and image. Is this something you would agree with, or is there more to it than that? It's such a, a sterile description in a way, uh, where it doesn't really take into account how affected something like graphic design is by fashion and trends and technology and all those things. So, mm. I mean, it is exactly a, a really good description, but it's a bit sterile and a bit kind of intellectual or something, you know. Okay, so would I be right in saying that there's a kind of a hidden aspect of graph design that on one level it's functional, it's a service that one provides to a, a client and there's an active brief, mm -hmm. but is there a kind of a, you know, a fourth dimension to it, let's say that's about expressing the creative art side to what one does or is it always driven by the brief if you're to stick by that definition yeah then yes you, you know it, it adheres to a brief and i mean that can draw in lots of things you know like it's i always approach any job that comes in is like what is needed like uh so for example you're not going to design a, a record sleeve that looks like a, a stereotypical heavy metal sleeve for say a reggae album or something like that so this you know uh even if, if the, your graphics are amazing it's, it won't be right for the project and mm. you know uh, the brief is, is a is a big part of it but also a, a bigger part of it i think is what the client wants you know because ultimately at the end of the day it isn't it's graphic design uh so it's it's art for money of sorts so the somebody is purchasing something off you and often mm. the case is that they want something specific or they think they want something specific and uh, uh, ultimately no matter how amazing a piece of graphic design you create if if they want it in purple and if they want it to be a circle or whatever mm. you know you got to do that or walk away from <clears throat> it or whatever so okay well that kind of leads me on to maybe my next you know, theme which is the the reconciliation of the need to make a living and your creative side because th there's certain conflict there i think mm -hmm. it's a recurring theme in, in a lot of artistic pursuits that do you regard what you do as art in the kind of the pure sense that it's devoid of, of any commercial um attachment or do you have side projects that you indulge let's say to yeah. kind of relieve that yeah, need I, I'm to express an artist. yourself i'm a graphic artist so it's a, it's a totally different thing. I mean, what I do is artistic, but it's it's not art because it has a function. And obviously, the my definition of art is anything mm. that doesn't have a function. Okay. okay. So um, so what I do is it has a function, therefore it renders it not art. It might be artistic mm. or whatever, but it's not art, you know. So, but I do create stuff that has no function other than it's a piece of, of design or, or a graphic or whatever yeah. that has no function other than to be a pretty thing or that it's been inspired by something and then it still may not be art but it's closer right. to art you know. It's funny the word art comes up a lot in these mm -hmm. discussions and, and I'd, I'd like just to get this out of the way because yeah, it can yeah. be sometimes a bit of a roadblock in yeah, the conversation yeah. but I'm going to quote Seth Godin's, uh, he, he speaks a lot about it in his book, mm -hmm. Lynchpin, and he says that art is anything that uses bravery, insight, creativity and boldness to challenge the status quo. Is this something you would agree with? 
I think it's only part of, of what art is. I mean, it isn't what art is. It, there are aspects mm. that art has. So it's not really an answer, is it? <laughs> okay. So that just having said that it could be a you know this this kind of a circular uh, course, discussion, yeah. but um, I think it's important because I, I personally think that that there's a lot of artistic merit to graphic design. Yeah, of know? course. I think it's, so it's do I. I think it's a high artistic merit. Yeah, I think it's one of the kind of it's slightly underrated, let's say, in terms of you know art forms and yeah, art, yeah. I think well. there's a huge amount of skill creativity insight and technical ability yeah, which is also yeah. like if you look at other disciplines they don't necessarily require that technical skill to produce the end product you know that, like what for example well like you know there's like if you look at music or the yeah, kind of I, would, old, I would debate the movement, other yeah i would debate you know, the other that they would have as much okay. i mean music in particular is is uh, particularly pop music is, mm. is seen as a kind of a, a lower grade version of the arts or whatever you know when i think it's the highest grade you know yeah, yeah. yeah i think so yeah Just for those who aren't, aren't necessarily familiar with the toolkit that you have, because you know, hopefully people will be listening to this mm-hmm. who have maybe an assumption as to what a graphic artist is, but yeah. just in kind of general, how do you go about doing your job? Like, what are your 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 your, your basic essentials? Your your setup, let's say. Well, uh, since I've moved my offices back home, it's it's it become smaller. Like when I had uh, my offices in the city centre, I used to. Do a little bit more drawing, like with with pens and pencils and scanning and faxing and stuff like that. And nowadays, my office is just a computer. You know, everything gets done there, with the few exceptions. But it all gets uh, all all sketching and everything happens on the computer. So, and and even nowadays, I don't even have a, a printer or a scanner. You know, is sometimes if I have to scan, and the rare occasion where I have to scan something, I. I'd take a photograph of it on my phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So technology has really allowed that to happen. In some ways, sometimes I think that there was a little bit more process uh, to my work when I had more space and uh, more things to draw from. You know, the palette was slightly right. bigger. Having said that, I don't think that my artwork is any less creative or, um, yeah, I don't know, really. It's... I suppose uh, I've probably become more proficient at sketching and stuff on computer. So, and just for the for the the nerds out there, what program do you use, and what what computer do you use? Um, well, uh, my position is kind of is quite different to everybody else's, is because uh, I'm self taught and uh, um, I came into graphic design through. Um, uh, PCs, which is kind of unusual, and I use a program called Coral Draw, which you know is is, is essentially like uh, Illustrator, uh, but it has a bit more uh, capabilities in relation to uh, typesetting and stuff like that. But essentially, it's a it's an illustration program, 
where the, the norm was either Quark or and then uh, today like InDesign and stuff like that so and Photoshop and whatever so and are they Mac platforms? they're Mac I, I, like I work on a, on a Mac but I run um, <coughs> Windows th- through it which is kind of unusual and it's kind of uh, frowned upon and stuff like that but I don't care are there any inherent limits with that that you push against and you enjoy or is there a constant hitting your head against a certain invisible barrier that you're just not prepared to well i've been using it for so long that i can pretty much do anything on it i would say at this stage and the platforms have leveled out so much like my my main uh, program now for say if I was to set a book or documents would all be done through InDesign but any illustration work is still done through Corel or smaller jobs I'd still do that just because I'm so uh, fast with it and stuff like that you know but in terms of limitations not really there's always I can always kind of laterally think to get around stuff anyway you know Mm -hmm. so that's never really it used to be a problem at the start because the platforms were so different but now it, you know, I can uh, even in Corel and all that stuff. You can bring in Mac type files, and obviously, uh, InDesign is exactly the same on both platforms. So nowadays, yeah, and also the technology has moved so much. Things like PDFs and stuff just read across all boards. So, yeah, I'm not really into tech speak anyway. You know, once mm. the machine is fast, I don't really. I'm really, really not interested in. In that end of things, I don't care about it. You know, it it actually has no. I'm no interest in it as long as it's fast and I can get it to do what I want it to do. That's mm-hmm. all. I don't really. I'm not really that bothered what it looks like or whatever. You know. So, just on that, the you know you're of a certain generation like myself mm-hmm. who who grew up and kind of um, learned a bit of our trade pre-internet. I'd love to get your your kind of observations on. The before and after uh, of the this era that we now live in and you know you essentially kind of learned your trade uh, pre-internet and you you kind of honed your craft uh, in the era where everything wasn't kind of immediately accessible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's your kind of overview of the impact of the both the internet on how you do business the graphic design industry and then Let's open it out a bit more and, uh, you know, yeah, throw, yeah. throw the net wide. Well, first of all, like, the process is, if all my work ends up going to print, technology and the internet in particular has changed all that because before the internet, I would have to go and drop the files to the outputters and they would make the, the film that would then go to make plates and you would check the film and, you know... If there was changes at any of those points, it was a much bigger deal. And sometimes you had to get people to scan in the photographs and drop them into uh, allocated spaces or whatever. So the, so it was a much more, uh, from the minute of sign off to the point where it would hit the printing press, it was a much longer process. And not to mention you had to leave your work to go and collect the film and bring it back and check it on light boxes and stuff like that and scratch off things. But there was, there was something kind of charming about that and there was something hands-on about those processes that kind of it engaged you a little bit more with the actual artwork or something there's something maybe it is nostalgia or you know but uh, there's still something to said about uh, holding the uh, film and and checking it like over just looking at a pdf on a screen uh, and that that obviously like say if you're doing an a3 or an a2 job whatever you're still only going to see it as to the side the maximum size of your screen so I always enjoyed that process and, and, and also, like you said, it's, it has sped up business so 
often these days with jobs, I never even see the, the finished printed thing, which is just, you know, sometimes kind of pointless. That's the reason why I do it is, is to see the printed thing or it's one of the prizes of the job to see the printed thing, to feel it, to smell it, all those things. So uh, some of that is gone now as a result because uh, some people don't print anything like anymore, you know, it's not... Um, People just have digital versions of their brochures or their books or whatever, and uh, it sometimes never goes to print. And I love print, so that that's a bit of it. Okay. So is the artifact uh, important to you? The yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really, really important. Yeah. I, I, like I'm not. I like the the web, and I like design the web. I, it wouldn't be my favorite thing. Uh, I like the I like the article, the finished tactile thing, uh, and the wonder of that, and you know. So do you, do you that. think that the, the internet is kind of, you know, robbing a certain generation of... No, I just think it's moving it to somewhere else. Right. So, you know, and it's it's really amazing as well. Like the amount of work that I do now, uh, compared to the amount of jobs that you say you could fit in a, in a day, back back in the day, is huge. So the, you, there's a lot more work on through your hands. Um, again, there's, a, there's and there's also... Uh, the work is less precious then sometimes, or some of the work is less precious. And but I'm not wholly sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, it's just a shift, you know. So I'm always going to be looking at graph design now through a prism of old eyes or whatever as well, you know. So that I mean, there's people that like, for example, there's people coming out of college now that would be formally trained on InDesign and all those things, and they would never have to know about like things, details like overprinting or pagination and all those things because the technology looks after all that. So in a sense, the, 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 the finished thing has to go through those processes, but it's looked after for you. So some feel that that's freeing and some people think that that's just not craft, you know. Okay. And sometimes I, I, I think it's craft and sometimes I think yeah, it's mm -hmm. that's handy or whatever, you know. So let's speak about other things that mm -hmm. I think, you know, from talking to you previously, I know the, the, the whole punk movement mm -hmm. had an influence on, on how you view the process we spoke about and and how that, you know, challenged certain conventions and subverted the status quo and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, could you just maybe give us a bit of an insight, or, or am I wrong, or have you moved on from that? Like, do you still regard the... the you know, punk or, or what it stood for. I know there's a certain mm -hmm. cliche about it, but does it just to say the kind of do it yourself? Um, yeah, I suppose my whole process to anything yeah. is a little bit do yourself because I've always, well, for the last 16 years, I've worked for myself. So by definition, it's do it yourself. Uh, I mean, I do everything myself. Mm -hmm. So from collecting uh, payments to paying bills to getting the jobs in, all that stuff, I, I do everything myself. And uh, so that's kind of DIY, but I suppose it's it, it's not like uh, similar, I suppose, to the punk thing where it was DIY as a reaction. You know, my thing, I, I do it myself, not as a reaction, it's because I like to do it and I choose to do it. I appreciate the, the punk aesthetic of doing it yourself and whatever it is, but uh, 
I mean, there's loads of other aspects of punk mm. that I'm really interested in, yeah. but in terms of that aspect of it, uh, like I didn't get into college. I tried to get into to design college when I left school and I didn't have a portfolio because I didn't really do art in school. Mm. Uh, but I wanted to do graphic design, you know, so uh, what I thought I did, I actually all I wanted to do was design a, a record sleeve for Thin Lizzy. That's a, that was my agenda at the time, or else make it a t-shirt, you know, like a screen printed t-shirt mm -hmm. or whatever with the way I had seen w would be a great thing as a t-shirt or whatever the band that I was into at the time. So that's the simplicity of how I got into it. It, it wasn't, uh, I didn't see it as a career or anything like that. I don't know if I even see mm -hmm. it as a career at the, at the moment. I, I just do because I liked it and it happens to happen and I'm grateful for that. But. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like an overarching agenda to be a graphic designer, you know. So yeah. I'm delighted that I had no formal training as well. So uh, expanding on on let's say what inspired you as as a as a creative, who who were the pioneers, the people who kind of took it up another level. I know you're a big fan of Peter Saville and, yeah. and that, that kind of the whole Joy Division and Factory yeah, Records thing. Yeah, less so these days, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so would you just tell, tell us a bit about it. What, what originally attracted you about well, the, the Factory Records kind of... Well, first of all, it was uh, primarily the music, really, was the first protocol, but secondly, the, just their kind of... The mystery around other stuff that you never they never gave you the full details. You know, there were sleeves with no uh, band name on them and stuff like that. It was There was a... If you were into it, you had to go and find out more. And I always saw that as a gift that they were giving you something, that they were giving you an opportunity to get into something. And you know, it's almost like Hitchcockian in that way, that where they they didn't show you the actual sex scene or whatever. They they showed you a train going into a tunnel or whatever it was. And there's a humour and all that stuff. But I uh, like I was attracted to their aesthetic for that. But also, it was really about the bands, you know. And then. Obviously, New Order were were a big part of that. I love New Order. I love New Order more so than than Joy Division. But later, then in the uh, from eighty nine or eighty eight to uh, mid nineties, they were involved with like the Happy Mondays, and that was a big thing for me as well. And also, their their design totally changed to fit the culture. It was the exact right aesthetic for that culture as well just as New Orders was for, for then and Joy Division blah 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 that, I was really into that you know and uh, they, they had the code you know they had the visual code for expressing what what they were about and I could read it for for whatever reason so that's what attracted me to, to that stuff yeah okay, and more you know just let's open it up a bit wider and put aside graph design and, and I'd, I'd love to hear your kind of who your other kind of Touchstones that that uh, helped you appreciate or understand, um, you know, symbolism and you know all things that that make a piece of work more enjoyable. Like uh, yeah, from early you, days, like uh, I yeah. just seem to be in interested in that stuff. Like obviously, fill in it. Just what well, thing is he as a whole, but uh, deeper into that fill in it, fill in its whole aesthetic. The fact that he was Irish, the fact that he was so kind of. Uh, cartoon macho, his style, his own personal style, all that stuff was so refined, and um, and the fact that he was Irish also, uh, I always thought, well, that's possible for me, you know. I I always, you know, thought that was quite special, you know, seeing that rock and pop music or f uh, fame or that was something that you only got abroad or whatever. So 
but like from as the earliest age I can I, I can remember I, I was into music like I, uh, even things like the police and uh, the specials and Adam and the Ants and all that stuff who are all all have a really strong common aesthetic about what they do uh, it's really apparent in in their presentation from themselves their fashion to their sleeve work and stuff and Obviously, the music is what was is always the main thing. But when they had that other stuff as well, it was re really, it became really important and uh, really exciting to me. So if you look at any of those bands, like the Specials, their identity was so strong. Their mu well, first of all, their music was amazing, but their identity was so strong. They had a fashion look. It referenced so much stuff. It was like a path into a whole Jamaican culture that you know you would have never heard of if it wasn't for the Specials. Mm -hmm. Uh, their their graphic design was amazing, uh, and you can apply that to to any of the bands I really liked. You know, from the Police to to, right. to Lizzie, whatever. So, so you you seem to be interested in the, the overall package as much as you are in just the graphic design thing. It's kind of like to yeah, have it's the whole yeah. Uh, yeah. ideology of it. Really, is that that's right. what I find fun and exciting, and it has to be fun and exciting. I, I'm not really into like. I liked uh, Joy Division, but I found the coldness of them, like, uh, it didn't seem as vital to me. I mm. can understand why they're revered and all that stuff, but I still prefer New Order in those instances, you know, so. Okay. Um, and any other kind of pioneers, mavericks, uh, even in recent years, people who've kind of stood out from the crowd that really... Yeah, there's, a, I mean, there's, there's um, so many, like, in, in, in all the arts, you know, yeah. like, um, like, lately I'm, I'm kind of really liking Dorothy Cross, who's an Irish uh, female artist and her work is there's just something very Irish about it that I can't quite articulate but it, it just when you when I look at her stuff it there's just something about it that uh, is Irish I don't even know what that means but I just feel it off it you know right. I'm curious about it I'm curious about her and stuff like that like in books as well I've been reading lots of 80s uh, American gay writers who wrote around the time of pre and post AIDS in New York. I'm really interested in that period, uh, specifically about that culture, but then also the culture of, of New York in the late 70s and early 80s, you know, because there was just so much going on there and the birth of hip hop and all that stuff. It's really interesting to me that, that the culture came out of that stuff from everything from hip hop to to you know, voguing and drag queens and uh, the fashion and all that stuff is really that mm. that in terms of a nostalgia that's what I'm quite interested in. I find that quite inspiring at the moment. But I'm sure I can go to any period and pick out stuff. Okay, okay. You know, I just go through phases of, of kind of turning on to um, specific kind of things, and then it kind of lots and lots of doors open. And I, I always find that really great. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really interested by that kind of domino effect. Mm -hmm. that's, you know, we spoke about before that. How do you climb that mountain or whatever metaphor I'm trying to use? How do you? Is well, for it, is, me, it's is purely it, always just informed by interest. You know that it's right. not. It's it's never a job or a task or it's uh, at, uh, the root of it is curiosity. You know, that's always it. It's never like um, okay, I want to find out about disco or something, and mm. you go and research it. It's just I like disco or whatever, and <clears> then you get more and more interested, and, and other things present themselves. 
And do you use, uh, like, like I suppose most people know, the in internet is your primary weapon of discovery, or do you have any other resources? Do you, like, do you go to bookshops? Yeah, bookshops I love, but they're, you know, they're few and far between. But I, I, if I ever go away, I, it was one of the first stops that I'll do is go to a, a bookshop or whatever. And I suppose less these days, uh, record shops, which I love as well, but... Um, I found that like to check out new music, the internet is uh, is fantastic for that, you know, and it, and that's also it's actually a little bit overwhelming because you, you you get exposed to so much stuff and it's it's almost hard to give stuff time uh, to let it because you know I've had albums where initially when I bought them I didn't like them and then they you know I've just through a process I've listened to them now and again they become your favorite album that that doesn't necessarily happen to listen to the music to music over the web or whatever that process has shifted you know so mm. but I still buy uh, I still like to listen to music properly through a stereo and all that stuff you know it's still uh, important yeah okay. yeah especially on a good stereo it's it's uh, it's the best you know where listen to music it's it's fine if I'm working or whatever listening to, to your computer or whatever but mm. it's it's just kind of background then but when, when I'm actually listening to music to hear it loud and hear through proper speakers he has to trip you know interested in talking about um, your own personal development at all and <laughs> just uh, your your in relation to graphic design I guess, no no just in relation to you know the quest for meaning and um, understanding certain kind of dimensions to why we're here and what it's all about and I I, I always love speaking to you about your take on that and, and how you yeah I you mean, kind of have a certain worldview that's that's very much engaged with um, how your reality is shaped. Uh, it's quite a unique, not that, uh, not that it, it's, uh, you know, it's very popular amongst that, that, that kind of genre. Yeah, but yeah. You're one of the few people who I know is kind of practices that present moment awareness and that. Lately it's, sh it's shifted quite significantly in terms of, like I've always had a spiritual part to my mind or whatever and, and uh, I don't understand it and still don't you know but I'm curious about it and I, I believe in magic not in like uh, Paul Daniels magic but I believe in special stuff I guess is, is a, a good way to coin it but um, but lately my, I've kind of shifted things to a whole series of things that happened last year in terms of challenges to everything to me you know um, on every level I've kind of at the moment I suppose practicing an ideology is probably an exaggeration but I have a new kind of thinking in relation to how I spend my days and uh, I've made feeling good my priority for every day so however I can achieve that so in the instance for example like say you know in general I would work probably eight hours a day or whatever some of those t hours are br ha bring challenges and um, annoyance and, and, and joy and all that stuff but in the instance where they don't I try not let them the, the negative stuff be overwhelming so I try and 
you know, see them for what they are and actually minimize the drama in it and stuff like that. Purely by the fact that I'm choosing to uh, feel good about stuff, you know, and that anything that causes me discontent, I'll try and get rid of it, you know, or uh, discomfort or anything that's a huge effort, I'm, I try to move it. So it's, it's a new thing, but it's definitely shifted my disposition to be more sanguine, you know, it's, it's uh, and I, I definitely feel it. Also, I've introduced a different kind of structure to my day that includes an element of a kind of a fitness thing, but also a big part of it is an element of gratitude and appreciation for for even the most basic things. Like I'm obsessed with crows and magpies and uh, I just seem to see them all the time nowadays and notice them and I, uh, it's a very simple thing, but I really like it, you know, it, it, it actually makes me smile when I see them or whatever. And I walk the canal every day and it's one of my favorite parts of the day. And uh, since I started doing that, I've been doing that for quite a while, I feel so much more connected to Dublin and to uh, specifically my area and uh, I have a newfound kind of uh, pride about it and stuff like that and uh, and a real deep kind of appreciation for it and uh, that's kind of brought a lot to just to, to my day so but I took on the responsibility of or choosing to feel good as good as I could every day and uh, I've, I've been doing it for a little while and it's, I definitely feel that it's shifted things you know it's made my day is better and it's a very simple thing you know just to allocate some time to appreciate what, what's gone around whether that's having a uh, good soup at lunchtime or, or this the walk in the canal in the morning the sun is nice or it's really cold and that's nice or whatever it is but just acknowledging that those things exist and they're good has shifted things for me you know so in terms of what's the meaning of life, it kind of doesn't really matter yeah, to me yeah. anymore. I don't think it's, I'm not really looking for an end point. Uh, I'm actually just looking for now, you know, I'm actually looking to feel good now. That's it, you know, it doesn't, I don't really have a future agenda or a future vision or I'm not, I have to say I'm, I'm less and less interested in that these days. I'm really interested in this moment, you know. Uh, mm. I mean, I've read so much about that stuff, about, you know, the pair of now and all that stuff and it's all fine. But uh, I feel that my own approach to it now is a much more refined or it just suits me better and it, it seems to be reaping benefits and uh, I'm really enjoying it, you know. I'm, I'm like, th there was a long, long period where I, I would wake up with maximum dread, you know. I would just, mm. because there was so much uh, pressure on me in relation to financial stuff and lots of other stuff going on, like, which are just normal things and they probably still happen now but I just don't take them as seriously and uh, I don't let them overwhelm me and I see them for what they are. I suppose that's something, maybe that's something that comes with age or whatever. Mm. But it, it comes with, I mean, I know loads of people my age are, that are overwhelmed by the slightest rocking of their world, you know. Yeah, I just seem, I feel a kind of a, a strength in being able to manage that stuff mm. or whatever now, which is, which obviously is great. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and thanks, yeah. thanks for sharing that because I think that brings a bit more depth to what you spoke about earlier as being you know, somebody who, who sees the world in a certain way, you've got a creative spirit, you've got an appreciation of that side of how we experience life and reality. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you strive to kind of affect positive change in the world through your personality, but also through your, your work. Yeah, you know. but I, I also f I always feel so blessed that I'm able to, well, that I, I have those skills or whatever, uh, but also that I'm able to use them and I've got the opportunity to be able to do it and... I mean, 
like I suppose even from an early age I was uh, like a lot of the bands that I kind of spoke about there like you know the specials and uh, whatever uh, and probably more so the kinks and the jam whatever they always spoke about the kind of ridiculousness of, of a nine to five you know suburban lifestyle and they almost kind of trained me in, into a repulsion to that world or whatever or reluctance to be part of that world and the idea that you, you can do things, obviously true pump, that you can do things for yourself or you can have anything that you want, that it doesn't have to subscribe to anything, it can be on your own terms. So, but definitely the, the kind of, or, you know, the kind of standard or orthodox lifestyle n n never appealed to me or never suited me. I tried to do it or whatever, it just was, right. it just wasn't working, you know, it wasn't what I was interested in. I like the freedom of being able to work when I want and, uh, go for a walk when I want and, and work as late as I want and all those kind of things, just the the liberation of choice and I also love the responsibility of it, of, of that all this is my responsibility, it's uh, re the most liberating part of it, it's great, it's really empowering, you know, so everything's my fault is basically will be the, okay. would it be the code, you know, so if there, if there is a kind of a what's the meaning of life is is that uh, it's all my fault I guess yeah it's all my it's all my doing but okay. I'm kind of that's, that suits me you yeah know? The, the the concept of self-ownership yeah. is very powerful I think because the knock-on effect of, of that is that you accept that you are responsible yeah I don't believe anything happens to you I think mm. you make things happen I don't I really don't believe stuff just happens to you I think mm. you know you kind of bring in crap into your life if you're in a crappy state of mind or whatever and uh, you you can bring in good things if you're in a, mm. a good state of mind. I mean, I know we're kind of getting into kind of shaking crystals and stuff around <laughs> no, the place, no, no. quite surely, but, uh, no, no, no. No, but that stuff, the, you know, to, to take on board that you, you, you're responsible for everything that's mm. happening is, uh, it's just really freeing, you know, it's, it's really great, you know. So. Yeah. Because um, if you look at a lot of the kind of philosophical viewpoints of why we're here, it seems to be a lot of those seem to outsource that power to a third party, like yeah, a, to either the a deity yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. A, some authority figure, yeah, yeah. and it's very much extroverted. You yeah, know, it's yeah, not, yeah. it's not in, not an introspective yeah, kind yeah. of look. This is all, and not in an egotistical, narcissistic mm -hmm. way. I think it's very much just about accepting that you are part ultimately part of this you know mm -hmm. vast mm -hmm. quantum of this life experience but mm -hmm. it's your part it's yeah, nobody yeah, else's. Yeah. you own that yeah and that is both infinite in, in how it can affect everything and yeah. it's also you know uniquely minute and insignificant and i think for me the 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 kind of realization of this is my body this is my mind this uh -huh. is my spirit therefore i'm responsible is the ultimate insight and realization you can have and everything about the status quo, I think, rejects that. They're wishing to take that sovereignty and own it and represent your best interests. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm okay. Well, um, it's hard to get out of that if, you, if you've been brought up in a, in a kind of religious environment as well. I mean, uh, we were all we all grew up with the Catholic Church or whatever. So, mm. so and you have these ideas of good and evil being the kind of base yeah, of, their, of their ideology or whatever which I don't really believe in I don't really believe in bad you know I suppose my work as well has afforded me to, to uh, have the space for that mm -hmm. kind of expansion or to look at things in that way because a lot of it is about solutions and stuff like that so 
you know you get trained in that and then you, if you apply that to other aspects of your life it just kind of unfolds in that way so you know cool I'm gonna finish up something I'm gonna just ask people I speak with is is a bit of a cheesy end of conversation mm-hmm. question but what kind of piece of advice or, or insight would you would you impart on somebody who's, who's coming up the ladder in, in not even in graphic design but just in terms of being a creative person What's the kind of key insight that that you you could maybe impart? Or I don't know if I've any, if I've anything to say to that <laughs> really. Except I suppose I could use somebody else's words and uh, maybe someone like Quentin Crisp who said, "Be yourself, no matter what they say," mm-hmm. which is kind of like that's kind of good advice. I think that's kind right. of nicely rounded and easy. So um, I'm going to press pause on this conversation for the moment, yeah, and we might pick it up again yeah, in, a, in a future episode. So yeah, yeah. for now, thanks a minute. My pleasure.